0: This is Help Wanted, the show that tackles all the big work questions you cannot ask anyone else. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine.
1: And I'm New York Times bestselling author and money expert, Nicole Lappin.
0: The helpline is open. The news every day is full of layoffs. Big companies, small companies. And if you are not impacted by this, it can seem like a scary but also faceless thing that's happening somewhere in the world. And if you are, then it can feel so isolating that maybe you don't really even know what your next move is. Today, we are joined by someone who was kind enough to talk to us days after, I think, learning that he was being laid off. And we're going to talk about what that's been like, what he's done in past times of layoffs, and also, in this case, the very real and substantial impact that layoffs have because our guest is a member of the media whose departure leaves a pretty big hole. So here we go. Jonathan, welcome to Help Wanted. Glad to be here. So Jonathan,
1: why don't you explain who you are? I am the Washington correspondent for New Jersey Advanced Media, which publishes NJ.com and several papers in New Jersey, including the Star Ledger. Uh, we also have a paper in Eastern Pennsylvania, in the Lehigh Valley, the uh, Express Times. Now, I've been a D.C. Uh, correspondent for 35 years, the last eight at the NJAM. And
0: you are or were the last standing D.C. correspondent in New Jersey media. Is that correct?
1: Yes. Uh, when I started the job like eight years ago, there were four of us uh, and then One was the Bergen Record, which was bought by Gannett. Another one was Gannett, and they eliminated their regionals. And many years earlier, the Associated Press used to have a person in Washington to cover New Jersey for local papers in Jersey. And
0: then it was just you, which is crazy that it was just you. And when did you learn that your position was being eliminated?
1: Monday morning, I got a, a text or an email while I was on the uh, Metro coming down for a couple of big, big interviews for stories I was working on. And I got an email saying, can you make this meeting and a Zoom meeting or Microsoft Teams we use? And I said, I'm on the Metro. I can't make it. Uh, they set up another time for it. That's when I found out.
0: Oh, man. It
1: was like right before I interviewed uh, Tahisha Way, the Secretary of State of New Jersey, and Cory Booker, the <laughs> junior senator from the state.
0: And just... So people know, we're talking on Friday. So this means that you learned this news just at the beginning of this week. So it's really fresh. Yes. Were you able to continue
1: your day's work? Did you show up and interview those politicians? Yes. In fact, I have one more story to write on my way out. Oh, my gosh. uh, Which is today, the, the Booker interview.
0: On your way out, which is today? Wait, let me just be clear. Which is today, we're talking to you on your very last day of work?
1: Yes, and I have one big one big story to write. Wow!
0: I got to say, Jonathan, I think a lot of people would say, "Well, you've laid me off. I'm the hell out of
1: here." What are you still doing, working Friday? I like doing this. This is you know, journalism is a calling. Those of us who are willing to do it. You know, one of my rules of life is journalism doesn't pay you enough to be miserable. <laughs> so you're doing important work. I went to my high school reunion last summer, and I can't tell you how many people came up to me and thanked me for what I was doing. So that's, it's a nice feeling to have, and it's a belief that we need to do this. The First Amendment, I believe, gives us the obligation to hold public officials accountable to the public. That's why I can go place at the U.S. Capitol that you can't. That's why I have a desk to, at the Capitol that you don't. you can't use because we can be there to keep an eye for the public on its officials. Jonathan, I want to talk
0: to you about the impact that laying you off has to New Jersey so that people can appreciate what it really means when one or multiple people lose their jobs and how the ripple effects of that can be really wide-reaching. And then I also want to talk to you about your own personal experience because you sound, I got to say, in pretty good spirits for a guy who's on the last day of his job because he got laid off. But first, just so people have some context here, when the news of your layoff broke earlier this week, there was an outpouring of support. Uh, I'm just going to read one tweet, which came from CBS News senior White House and political correspondent Ed O'Keefe, who wrote, This is terrible news for the people of New Jersey and their understanding of how Washington works. At JD Salant, which is your Twitter handle, is one of the nicest, smartest, most respected, and devoted reporters covering Washington and how decisions made here affect home state readers. So First, Jonathan, it must have felt good in a weird way. It's not like you ever want to attend your funeral and just hear people say nice things because something bad happened to you. But it must have felt somewhat good, at least, to have this kind of support when the news
1: broke. It felt great. It's happened all week. 13 of the 14 members of the New Jersey congressional delegation sent a letter of protest to the leaders of my company and said, this is ridiculous and this is unfair. Please reverse it. The governor of of the state of New Jersey, Phil Murphy, tweeted out uh, complaints about it. Uh, Another congressman, just as we're doing this, uh, Donald Payne from Newark, Donald Payne Jr., just sent a uh, a note to the editors of the paper and said, this is a terrible decision and please reverse it. That's just a little bit before I got on this program. So it really feels good. I heard from Mike McCurry, the former White House press secretary, I heard yesterday from press aides to both Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Hmm. That's the type of reputation of fairness and accuracy. I, the pairs i developed in Washington. And it's really heady stuff, frankly. You know, you expect the friends, you expect colleagues, but to hear from all these public officials that I cover, I cover them tough. You know, that's our job. We're the watchdogs. Yeah, And then get all this, and they're all saying, you know, yeah, we didn't agree with everything he wrote, but he was always fair to us and accurate. And that's the highest praise you can give a journalist.
0: Yeah, sure is. Uh, Very, very few things in this world can get folks from the Biden and Trump camp to agree. But you have managed to do it. Jonathan, you are a longtime media veteran. Actually, can I ask your age? Yes,
1: you can ask. (laughs) What is your age? 69.
0: (laughs) Good for you for making me ask it more directly. So... You've seen a lot, including, unfortunately, a lot of layoffs in the media world. Tell me how you feel thinking about the citizens of the United States of America or New Jersey, who you were serving, and and how the disappearance of folks like you is impacting them.
1: Well, we, we're in a, an era where people can say anything and talk about it and whether it's true or not, this this old New Yorker cartoon with a four-legged mutt in front of a computer typing, and the caption is, on the internet, nobody knows you're a dog. <laughs> and so the stuff you get on the internet, the things I write are in the same font and the same URLs as the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and Joe Blow Down the Street of uh, that comic, Pros Against Swine. There's some wonderful jobs about that, about that. About you know, what could be wrong? We, we, we fired all the trained reporters and we're replacing them with people whose only uh, qualifications they have a computer. And that's what that's what people are getting their news from. And you don't know whether it's true or not. And you have politicians, and I, they were remain nameless, who just lie and say things that we know are untrue. And we need to be there to fact check it. And if we're not there fact check it, nobody's fact checking it. It's out in the ozone and it's out in the public sphere. And nobody's saying, wait a second. This is not true. Look at the lies in 2020 and 2022. And you know, look at the insurrection on January 6th based on clearly disproven charges of a stolen election.
0: And look at the lies of George Santos, who the narrative correctly is, if there were more local reporters, maybe this would have been found earlier before the guy got in office.
1: Exactly that there will be more George Santoses because there's nobody there to fact check these folks and go through the resumes. Uh, We had the 2018 New Jersey U.S. Senate election, and I did a couple of hard stories about the Republican challenger to that case. Well, I'm not there to write those stories anymore. I don't know who the next person's going to be and what kind of stories are going to be written on about that.
0: Jonathan, I have to point out a very interesting shift in your tone. When we're talking about the impact that layoffs in media have on democracy, <laughs> you strike a far more serious tone than when talking about your own layoff. Because at the beginning, you sounded you know, pretty jocular for a guy who's on his last day of work. And I'm wondering how you have come to think of this kind of experience for yourself, absent what it means for the citizens of New Jersey, but just for yourself, because I know this was not the first time that you've been laid off, right?
1: Right. Uh, Bloomberg News uh, laid me off, and a bunch of other reporters, so they could hire Mark Halperin, later, who lost his jobs because of sexual harassment. Yeah. And when I got laid off the first time, my father-in-law calls my wife and says, "What's he going to do next?" And my wife says, "You know, he could go into public relations." And double or triple his salary,
0: yeah which which just so people understand is a pretty typical course of action for people after being in media. They go into PR and they get more money
1: so and fewer hours. And my wife says, but he's not going to do that. And my father-in-law says, "Oh, you married one of them, didn't you <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and you are still holding firm on that. You're not putting out feelers to PR firms?
1: Nope. I actually turned down two PR jobs already.
0: no. This week?
1: Yes, this week. Did they pay much better? I don't know. I didn't ask. I wasn't interested.
0: (laughs) So tell me, Jonathan, how you think about what you're going to do next and how you're going to do it. And the reason I'm asking that is not just about you, but you as someone who has had a long career with plenty of ups and downs because you've been in the media industry, which has been hemorrhaging money for a long time, you know, people get laid off and they don't know what they're going to do next and they start to have some real soul searching and they panic and you sound pretty calm and also very, very focused on the mission of your work. And I wonder if maybe having such a clear understanding of what you're good at and just a deep belief in it is the thing that's maybe the moat around you right now so that you're not feeling panic, unless you are and you're just not displaying it.
1: No, I'll be perfectly honest. It's the one advantage of being as old as I am. Mm. I don't have to worry about health care. I'm on Medicare. <laughs> I don't have to worry about where my next job is coming from. I'm just a year away from maximum Social Security. So I, financially, I'm going to be OK, mm. and it makes a big difference. Uh, the people who are 50 years old and being laid off and need health care for 15 years and there's no jobs in journalism. For those people, they, don't want, they want to hire a 30-year-old. Yeah. And that's a big difference. That lets me relax. Stick around. Help Wanted
0: will be right back. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away?
1: Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that.
0: No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer.
1: Oh, well in that case,
0: LinkedIn.com slash helpwanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away?
1: Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that.
0: No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer.
1: Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I think about her all the time.
0: Well, it's not too late. You can reach out to that person on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals that you can't find anywhere else, even people who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, looks like it's time for me to shoot my shot. Do it. And I know you may have your heart set on one person, but if you do want to open it up and post a role to a bigger applicant pool, you can do it for free at linkedin.com slash Help wanted. And because there are so many professionals on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. So you'll never have a one that got away again.
1: Incredible. That's LinkedIn.com slash helpwanted.
0: Yep. LinkedIn.com slash helpwanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. Welcome back to Help Wanted. Let's get to it. Jonathan, is there anything that looking back? maybe at how you found the job after the Bloomberg layoff or in any of the other job moves that you made that you feel like in retrospect was so incredibly important, some groundwork that you had laid, something that you had done to build connections or your reputation, what would you say has enabled you to have the kind of longevity that you've had?
1: Well, one of my woes of life is you can't turn down a job you're not offered. So you Apply for job, even if you don't know that you want it, see what it comes up with. Maybe it's good. I was a national political writer for Bloomberg for 10 years. And then when I got laid off, I could sit and wait for Reuters or the AP, which I had worked at earlier, or the Washington Post or something to hire me. But I didn't get that job offer. I did get a job offer in New Jersey and go back to a regional reporter, which I had done 17 years ago. But I have the skills, that's me. But for them, it's seventeen more years of Washington skills and Washington contacts. For me, it's a chance to do journalism for really for really respected publication. And it doesn't matter where I'm doing it. It matters that I'm doing it. And I think that's a big deal.
0: Yeah, that is actually a really important point that I I, I think a lot of people would overlook, which is that oftentimes we think of our careers is moving in a linear path. And in journalism, for example, you start local, then you go regional, then you go national, and then you never think you're going to turn around and go back because you think of it as lower down a ladder. But you're not thinking about it like that. You're thinking about it in terms of how can I do good work? And that. Seems to open up a lot more opportunities than if you just thought, well, I made it to national, so I got to stay there.
1: Well, there's a, in, in my religion, the Jewish religion, there's something called the Kun literally, heal the world. I came of age during Watergate, and I saw what a newspaper could do to heal the world with Winner Bernstein. Hmm. And so and I talk about journalism being a calling, but you're saying, I want to do good work, I want to do this. And the vehicle is, especially with the, again, especially with the internet today, that everybody around I, my, my work doesn't just go, you know, between the Delaware and the Hudson rivers. It goes around the world because anybody can click on the website. anybody can do a Google search and come up with stories that I've written. So that's the most important thing. You have a reach that you don't know you have.
0: Yeah, and everybody has an impact that they can't see and therefore maybe can't appreciate. Jonathan. It's such a pleasure talking to you. I am so glad you spent some time with me on your last day at your job. Before we started recording, you told me that you had turned off the Mets game for this, uh, which we really appreciate. Uh, I was going to tell you at the beginning that that was fine because the Mets were losing four to nine to the Nationals. Uh, the game has tightened, so
1: I will let you back to it. I, I'll turn the game now. Thank you. Okay. Bye.
0: Thanks again to Jonathan for sharing his story and talking on his last day of work. I don't think that I would have talked to me on my last day of work. I would have, I don't know, gotten a drink or something. Anyway, look, not everybody gets their layoff announcement on the way to talk to Cory Booker, and then not everyone has politicians and high-profile people lining up to praise them. But a lot of what Jonathan said is really great universal advice. So, Let's touch upon a little of that and a couple other things that you can do if you have been laid off. And I'm going to acknowledge that some of the things that I'm going to say here are inspired by a great post that I saw on LinkedIn from Adam Broda, who is a career coach. So Adam says, and I'm just going to emphasize a bunch of points number one, acknowledge how you feel. It sucks. I mean, Jonathan has an amazing attitude about it, but also he's towards the end of his career and he doesn't have the financial concerns that many others do. So are you bummed? That's fine. Number two, before you're out the door, record any quantifiable results that you delivered. Like anything that you did that you are going to want to show some future employers, you've got access to the system, (laughs) to your... Uh, soon to be former employer's computer system, grab what you can. I don't mean trade secrets, but I mean, do you need a PDF of that thing so that you can show somebody else? Are there some statistics that in a couple months you're going to really wish you had? Whatever it is, grab it so that you have it, so that you can prove your value to others next. Then you're going to want to start compiling contacts. Also, this is a good time to like dig into your work email before you lose access to your work email. Grab those contacts, get everybody's email address. And then next, you're going to want to start reaching out to them, like just to check in, to say hi, to say, no, this happened to me and it sucks. And if you know of anything, I'm in the market. I'll be honest. I did that when I got laid off many years ago. It was the first thing I did was I just, I spent the next day reaching out to Everybody. Individually. Do not mass blast it. Make it personalized. Email former colleagues. Email former, former colleagues, which is to say people you worked at at some previous job. Whatever it is, reach out to folks. Start to tell them what you're up to and what you want to do next and how you can be a good fit wherever you want to go. And then... There are also some very technical things that you should do. You should make sure you're really digging into your severance package, if you have one. And then also you want to understand your rights and restrictions. So for example, is there any kind of non-compete? Is there any NDA? Uh, What kind of insurance stuff you need to figure out? And then look, it's just about getting out there and start familiarizing yourself with useful job search tools. There are a lot of them from Glassdoor, Fishbowl, FlexJobs. There are just a lot of things that you can do right now to gather information, start compiling the story that you're going to tell of yourself, and then start reaching out to the network that, as you heard from Jonathan, is important to be building throughout your career. Because maybe some of the people who hired you in the past are ready to hire you again. Or maybe some of the people who you worked with are (laughs) about to be your next boss. Whatever the case, there are things that you can do. And so you are now going to go do them. Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer.
1: And me, Nicole Lappin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. If you want some help, email our helpline at helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at Money News and TikTok at Money News Network for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. Maybe a little dance?
0: Oh, I didn't sign up for that.
1: All right, well, talk to you soon.